Welcome to the Bullish Drive Podcast, where we explore the realms of faith, mental performance, and personal testimonies through conversations with high-level performers. Join us as we extract valuable insights from their experiences to supercharge your pursuit of peak performance. This is the Bullish Drive Podcast. What's up, fam, and welcome to this week's episode of the Bullish Drive Podcast. And today, we delve into the world of sports, spotlighting the rise of women's rugby and the incredible journey of athletes on their path to the Olympics. Today, we have the privilege of sitting down with Katherine Johnson, a true powerhouse in the world of rugby and a USA Eagles rugby player who represented the country on the Olympic stage. Women's rugby has seen a meteoric rise in recent years, gaining attention for its competitive spirit, skill, and the remarkable athleticism displayed by its players. Among the pivotal changes in the sport was the introduction of the Rugby Sevens format, a faster, more dynamic variant that captivated both players and fans worldwide. The United States rugby history is rich and diverse. The inclusion of Rugby Sevens in the Olympics added a new chapter to this legacy. The sport's debut in the 2016 Rio Olympics brought a wave of excitement, marking a significant moment in the history of USA Rugby and amplifying the sport's global reach. Rugby Sevens, a faster-paced adaptation of the traditional 15-a-side game, provided a new platform for athletes to showcase their skills and athleticism on the Olympic stage. It's within this arena that Katherine Johnson etched her name in the history of American rugby, competing at the highest level and embodying the pinnacle of dedication, skill, and perseverance. And in today's conversation, we will explore the profound impact of community both on and off the rugby pitch, touching on the essential role of team psychologists in maintaining a healthy mindset during high-stakes competitions like the Olympics. Katherine Johnson will share her personal journey, shedding light on the pivotal role her father played as a rugby coach and the foundation he instilled to foster grit and resilience. One of the often understated yet profoundly influential aspects of an athlete's success, particularly at the highest levels, is the strength of the community surrounding them. The world of sports, especially in the context of high-performance competitions like the Olympics, isn't solely about individual achievements. The collective support, camaraderie, and sense of belonging within a community play an instrumental role in an athlete's mental resilience and overall well-being. In Katherine Johnson's journey as an Olympic-level rugby player, community support was an integral part of her success. The environment fostered within the team and beyond, both on and off the pitch, became a sanctuary where athletes found not just teammates, but friends, mentors, and a second family. The strong support system significantly contributed to their mental fortitude and ability to cope with the pressures of elite competition. Beyond the physical training and strategic tactics, the role of team psychologists was a crucial factor in maintaining a healthy mindset. These professionals provided the athletes with tools and guidance to navigate the psychological challenges inherent in high-stakes sporting events. From managing stress to coping with setbacks and maintaining focus, the input of these experts played a pivotal role in bolstering the mental resilience of athletes like Catherine. Furthermore, Catherine highlights the significant influence of her father who served not only as a rugby coach but also as a source of unwavering support and guidance. His teachings instilled in her the values of grit and resilience, forming the bedrock of her mental strength. 
The support and wisdom received from her father were essential components that fortified her against the grueling trials of elite sports. The power of community, whether it was the team, mentors, psychologists, or family, became a cornerstone in maintaining a healthy mindset. It offered athletes a space to share experiences, seek advice, and find comfort in knowing they were not alone in the journey. Their sense of togetherness and support had a profound impact on their mental well-being, empowering athletes to face the challenges with confidence and determination. In essence, the community surrounding high-performing athletes with its unwavering support, guidance, and shared experiences significantly contributes to nurturing a positive mental state, thereby aiding athletes in their pursuit of excellence on the grandest stages of sport. The Bible offers profound wisdom on the significance of having the right community and the impact it can have on an individual's life. Throughout its teachings, the importance of surrounding oneself with supportive, encouraging, and like-minded individuals is underscored. Scripture frequently emphasizes the value of companionship, highlighting that the company one keeps can shape their character and actions, and even their mental and emotional well-being. Proverbs 27:17 illustrates this concept stating iron sharpens iron and one man sharpens another. This metaphor exemplifies a positive influence that strong, mutually supportive relationships can have on individuals, fostering growth and strength through shared experiences and mutual encouragement. Furthermore, the book of Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 accentuates the significance of companionship, emphasizing that two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. For if either of them falls, the one will lift up his companion. This verse illustrates the power of a supportive community where individuals can rely on each other during times of need, providing comfort, strength, and guidance. The Bible also highlights the need for a community that fosters positive values and encourages righteousness. 1 Corinthians 15.33 advises, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. This verse serves as a reminder of the profound impact that negative influences can have on one's life, urging the importance of surrounding oneself with those who uphold values that align with personal growth and spiritual well-being. The biblical perspective underscores the significance of being part of a supportive, nurturing community that uplifts, encourages, and strengthens individuals. Having a community that shares common values provides guidance and offers unwavering support, aligns with principles advocating the Bible. Emphasizing the importance of building relationships that positively influence one's journey and well-being. In the context of Katherine Johnson's experience as a high-performing athlete, the biblical teachings about the importance of a supportive community resonate strongly. Her journey was not only shaped by her talent and determination, but also by the empowering support and guidance she received from her community, echoing the biblical principles that highlight the significance of surrounding oneself with the right company. Moreover, we'll delve into challenges of training and the immense sacrifices entailed in pursuing a spot on the women's Olympic team. KJ will recount her experiences, emphasizing the significance of valuing one's skills amidst the trials and tribulations on the path to Olympic glory. So join us as we have this incredible conversation with Katherine KJ Johnson, a testament to the perseverance, dedication, and unwavering spirit of athletes in the world of women's rugby and the Olympic stage. Today, I'm super stoked to have KJ on here. Um, we, we ran into each other in rugby in Minnesota a few years back. Uh, back when I played rugby, definitely not at the level that KJ did, but um, I'm, I'm so happy that you've taken some time to join us today. So KJ, welcome to the show. You just want to introduce yourself and then we'll get into it. Well, thanks for having me. Um, this is super cool. This is one of the things I really 
hold on a high high level when it comes to coaching and teaching my athletes what what it takes to, to make it up high. Um, yeah, your mental health is everything. Um, but yeah, my name is Catherine Johnson. I go by KJ. Uh, I live here in Minneapolis and I play currently for PR7s and the Twin City Amazons, um, which is in the WPL, Women's Premier League. And I am a Minneapolis firefighter as well, EMT. And so just that struggle of working around work <laughs> full-time athlete, which is, you know, you know how it is. It's really tough, but oh, yeah. it does take that balance. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, thank you. Thank you so much for taking that time. You, this was a busy week for, for everything, you know? Yeah. Um, so, uh, let's, let's kind of start, um, just, just at the beginning with your, your rise into the Olympics and, and getting into there. What was kind of, um, your journey there? I think I had a little bit more, um, like bumper car journey to the Olympics and it was not like smooth by any means. Sure. Um, the, uh, I think college really had a play for, especially now, we have a lot of varsity programs in, in place, um, but that also creates a lot of um, inequalities with selections as well. So mm -hmm. I was pretty lucky. I dropped out of school for Milwaukee um, and I got a few jobs so I could play for, uh, pay for my my tryouts at the train center, which is in San Diego. Yeah. So not a cheap place to go. And <laughs> right. I was, uh, I was making it barely by traveling around by bus because I didn't have a car mm -hmm. and working these three jobs and finally getting enough money to go for tryouts. And it was rough, you know, you real like once you get there and you see the speed and the, the skill level firsthand, you realize where you're at, you know, yeah. like you watch them all day on, on a, a feed and be like, oh, I can do that. I can't. <laughs> okay, I have a lot more work to do. So it is a reality check for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I made the, my first debut was World Cup in 2013 and with sevens. And uh, it was unreal. Like, mm -hmm. I really didn't deserve to be there. There were girls that were better than me at that point. But the experience was something that the coach thought would be worth putting me in there and throwing me into the fire which mm -hmm. i really appreciate because i didn't know how much longer i could work those three jobs for this passion of mine yeah. so yeah it was like right on that brink of like do i keep going or yeah. do i just you know and my mom's like what are the odds of you actually making it and it's like 100 <laughs> right i have no <laughs> idea what the odds are they're pretty bad but so got contracted after the 2013 world cup and then was in and out of World Series throughout the three years into the Olympic year. Um, I was actually cut the Olympic year and sent home for four months. And because we had a three coaches change during the same year of the Olympics, mm. just wild. I mean, USA Rugby for you, you know, like we never have anything solid to right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but. She was not a big fan of me at the time, which is totally fair. And I got sent home that month and hmm. got home and my dad, who's a really high level boxer and had a lot of really awesome, um, you know, coaching tips as a kid. Like he yeah. let us, made us control our breathing and all of this stuff. Like 
it was really cool having him as a coach but um he was like don't give up then they will call you back and mm. if they call you back and you're not fit that will be your problem and it's mm. like you're right you know like if they call me back that slight chance that they call me back i want to be ready and i want to shove it in their face and i want to so yeah he really got me going and so i was depressed but also working my ass <laughs> off and they called me back four months before the olympics so it was just a crazy year and then making the olympics like you have a family in mm. the, at the training center that is there full time mm. <clears throat> and these women grind out all day every day to make the exact same tournament you are trying to make yeah. so it's very cutthroat and it's very sad when someone that is not as good as you in someone else's opinion mm -hmm. doesn't make it but they've been there for the four years you've been there and mm. so now all of a sudden you're an olympian and they're not yeah it's like that doesn't really make any sense when we're all just good excuse me like, <laughs> when it comes down to it anyone that would have gotten selected that was at that mm. camp or living out there i think they would have done an amazing job so it's really tough to leave that scenario after four years and be like, these are the Olympians and these are the pool players. And it's, yeah, but oh, it is a whirlwind, man. So yeah, I don't even know if that answers the question. No, that, that totally <laughs> answers the question. No, I, I love it. And you, you touch on so many things and, and, um, I've, I've had the pleasure of meeting your dad, um, in the coaching scene, you know, um, and just running into it and everything you said is exactly who, who your dad is, you know, that motivation. What was that? What was that like having your dad, not only as a well-known rugby coach, but also just as your dad, you know, and building you up with that mindset? I mean, good and bad, you know, <laughs> he was my coach since I was six and mm -hmm. he always did bring the fun. So I never felt burnt out. Um, I had my brother involved, so I never felt like I was like singled out by any yeah. means. And my brother would probably take a lot more heat than I did. <laughs> um, so yeah, I lucked out a little bit with that, but he he's insane. He's so smart when it comes down to like controlling the mind and, um, and doing like doing what you need to do to feel accomplished, whether you succeed or not, like, that's a massive one. He's like, here are your controllables. Yeah. Like, what are you going to do with it? Because then you can, you can look back and it's not as daunting to be like, should have done X, Y, and Z. And yeah. I think that's a big skill that we've had ever since we were kids, which is just amazing. Instead mm -hmm. of feeling pressure to succeed, it's more like feeling pressure to do what you can mm. to succeed. Um, but yeah, he had a really interesting life going through sport and military and was locked up for a little bit and had that time to really process and break down. And so he was an older dad. And yeah. I think that really benefited us, you know? <laughs> sure. um, and then his dad was actually, my grandpa was um, in the, he qualified for the Olympics in speed skating. Oh, wow. So I know that. that was on, and it was during the year that the U.S. actually didn't go. To the Olympics. Yeah. yeah. And so I was supposed to be able to call my grandpa at the Olympics every night and just unload and the experience with him. And he's also giving me plenty of tips himself. So hmm. I think my dad learned a lot from him and then passed that down. 
Mm. Uh, you mentioned you kind of had two families. You had your family back here in Minnesota. You had your family there at in uh, in San Diego um, during the camp. Um, how important is it for a rising athlete to find kind of your your tribe, you know, to, to push you through these moments? It's the most important thing. Um, I haven't found anyone that has succeeded without one. Like mm. whether it's chosen or given, it's, I mean, if you don't take the time to go out and find something, mm. you're not gonna make it very far because you're gonna burn out very, very fast. Like, yeah. like for example, we have so many like introverts on our team that would not want to hang out with the team, which I'm one of the ones that was like, okay, as soon as I'm done with practice, like I need to escape <laughs> and I don't want to hang out with you guys 24 seven, love you, but, mm -hmm. and so those, but the introverts are so important because it's like, you have to have another passion, whether it's mm. roller skating with a group in San Diego, like Chris Thomas does, which I, she's just amazing. And then she also does like clothing and, um, she reads a ton of books and in book groups like that kind of stuff it's like hmm. she has connections where she feels tied and it's outside of her rugby world i just think it's so important no matter what your what your style is or your personality is to have something else mm -hmm. and so some other hobbies and which really help create um that balance but also like i don't know if it's balanced when it comes down to just allowing yourself to perform mm. like if you're not happy you're not going to play your best rugby and you're not yeah. gonna give 100 percent at your job and you're not gonna give you know what i mean like it's very relatable and everything but if you're not giving yourself what you need to be you mm -hmm. you're not gonna be able to perform yeah that that's that's perfect that goes into kind of the other area that you mentioned your dad just talking about being present in our agency when we're working with athletes you know we talk a lot about just playing present and and you talked about controllables we can't control the outcome right we only can do what we can do how did you maintain your mindset to be present even in those hard moments of like the game or just life in general what were what were some of your practices and, and things you put in place something we put in place as kids was just I always get nervous. I always have butterflies mm. or how to say it. It could be excitement. It could be nervousness. It, you know, there's so many ways of putting your perspective into the way you want to see it so mm, that yeah. you can use it to your advantage. And that was a big skill that my dad totally like he grasped that one right away because I would always like, he's just like, I have to go to the bathroom. And it's like, there's <laughs> too many whistle blows. Like just calm down, you know? And so, I think being able to recognize those butterflies are positive. Mm. They can, you can turn those into energy and into explosiveness and power. And so it's like, if you think about mothers and what they're capable of doing when they get that like jolt, you know, like <laughs> they're, they'll do anything for their child, but that butterfly and that nervousness or excitement is really the fuel of it and mm. our body people way more than we think so using that emotion positively in every situation so as a kid i would practice getting nervous or excited for practices just as much as I do for a game and so now i get just as nervous and excited for touch 
with yeah. like my homies in Minneapolis and it's like I don't know how I I don't control it anymore when it comes mm. down to beating the nerves but I will get just as nervous for that as I do for um the Olympics you know mm. and it's very helpful because it's it's soothing and it's something that I know and it's uh it's like that comfort zone of okay we're gonna play rugby again and it's the exact same field it's the exact same ball we're playing the exact same game it's just in a bigger crowd you know yeah, like yeah focusing on the things that are the same and being able to make those feelings within the exact same as well is really helpful um i think that's my number one and then it comes down to that having fun like mm. if you can't your mistakes as quick as you make them you're not doing anyone any favors like the game's fast yeah. and mistakes are bound to happen. even if you watch the best of the best in the world there are mistakes all the time but you might not see them as much because they're so fast at correcting them because they flush it and they're in the moment and they're present mm. and have the ability to really turn it around um but yeah it's it's really cool. You don't need to hang up on, they drop the ball. It's like, okay, now go hit that person that picked it up, you know, like, <laughs> right. go poach it back, you know? And if you can flush it just as fast, you're gonna be successful. Man, that's so good. I think what's comforting is you said, like you get the exact same excitement and, and nervousness and butterflies playing touch as you do as an Olympian, you know? So with with athletes that are rising up and they're like oh man i shouldn't be feeling this like if i want to be the best i can't be feeling this but like it's the same it goes all the way up to the very top like those emotions are always going to be there yeah. so, and you talk a little bit about kind of a mental side of um like a side hustle with training your mental skills um did you have to do anything outside um of of your rugby training separately and individually to build your mental skills up all, yeah, um, we have a sports psychologist within the Olympic Training Center, Pete, Peter, sorry, he's so great. And he's very like cool, collected. <clears throat> and for a high stress environment, he was like my rock, <laughs> even though he didn't want it all the time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you need to find some kind of help. You never without bouncing stuff off of people. and people that actually are ready to have it bounce off of them so right. yeah if you find kind of professional or someone that's been through the experience like myself so like right now we're building this um, platform for alumni and uh, future eagles where they can have more of a, a base to mm -hmm. like connect help us or help them out with the journey they're on but peter was mine and he uh he helped me with everything. I think I would see him three times a week for at least three years. And it was so helpful. And he helped me with everything from my performance and my ability to stay centered and also my relationships on the team and how to best set us up for success when it comes down to like, hey, I might not get along with you as a hundred percent. That doesn't mean by any means that I'm not gonna put my body on the line for you. Like, mm. don't question my alliance and my my love for this sport and you as a teammate when I just disagree with some of the things 
we might see on the outside in the outside yeah. world with a whole different thing when we have this unified end goal so it's really cool to be able to see different perspectives and have that kind of insight um while you're going through it mm -hmm. i will when i was doing all of that i was really hot-headed and had a whole different mindset like i still just wanted w's and mm -hmm. i was only the wins and so certain things would make me more upset because i would doubt their passion mm -hmm. and i have to make it happen as well um but then after the olympics it really comes down to like it finally hit me and i was like what the hell you know like that was cool but also i didn't i didn't take advantage of how cool the people around me are and mm. connections making the connections with travel and like actually seeing things and when our team had opportunity to go see sites and stuff like that i would stay in the hotel and do my recovery and do my pre-workouts and try to get right before the next training session studying everything i could on film analysis on other teams and there is such thing as like doing too much you know, like you gotta step away. You gotta enjoy the moments, because um, they're just—I mean, life is short, and it's just a game. Like mm. it, it bugs me to say that sometimes, but sure. just a game. And if you're not enjoying every moment of it, those W's won't matter. So, mm. like I look back at my career, I don't remember the W's. You know, yeah. like I remember that tournament we won this and we lost this. Yeah. I remember. Oh man, we got to go to Brazil. We like it was some we had some really cool times at the after party with the Brazilian team. They're dancing. <laughs> you just you don't realize what's going to be important to you hmm. until you look back. So Yeah, that's so good. And speaking about just like hanging out with the other teams, I think rugby is unique in the way where, you know, when when you say turn the page and it like the past is the past now and we move on. In rugby, we do socials after games right yeah. like we break bread with the other team and i think that's so unique like like you could be standing across from someone you could just be like i gotta light this dude up like he is my competition my enemy right now but then the moment that final whistle blows like we're we're going we're grabbing a beer we're eating dinner together you know um how much does that play into just being able to move on because i feel like that's something unique in rugby where that culture is just different yeah i think it's a huge part of it and i think it's it gets lost every once in a while in american sports and american rugby because we just don't have like the internship of like this is what it's like this is how we transition yeah. but yeah you're right i think it's massive when it just comes down to respect you know mm -hmm. like if you hang out with the kiwis from new zealand after a game and you're like these girls are just like us they grind every day they live together they they struggle through a lot of the same struggles with equal pay and bad managing mm. jerseys that don't fit like right. all of these we think are like soloed out and we're like oh well if we would have had like proper prepare proper time to prepare or coaching that didn't switch right off the bat or you know all these things you could blame it on mm. it really levels things out by meeting the other team and respecting and like seeing that they are struggling the exact same but they're just you know they grew up with the sport or yeah pick their brain at over over some food and be like what did 
when you were doing this in the scrum, like you really got me. Like what happened? Like how did you adjust your hips on this so that I felt like I had no power or whatever it is? And it's really fun because in the game, you're right. We go hard, and it's mm -hmm. like I'm here to win this space. Yep. And then the game's over. It's like okay, but that was dope because you really. <laughs> I have no idea what happened. Like right. <laughs> I up on the film, and I'm gonna get you next time. You know. <laughs> It's a really fun um, relationship. And I think that's a huge thing that we miss in the United States. Mm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's exactly it. I, I love rugby. I love the culture of it. Um, you you mentioned about difficult coaches. And I, I think some of our younger athletes um, will do a lot of blaming on the coaches, right? They'll say like, oh, the coach put me out of position or they put me in the spot that I told them I didn't want to play. Um, what would you say to someone who's dealing with that situation one so they don't get burnt out and two they don't end up resenting the sport and just saying like this this is dumb i'm gonna go play golf <laughs> hey well go play golf because it's fun <laughs> but oh like i i think it's good to be well-rounded and think of them as opportunities so mm. in that moment even though you're out of your comfort zone and you're not in a position to thrive like you're also put in a position to challenge you. Like if you're not being challenged, okay, you're not doing something right. So mm. self out of your bubble and just put that like, okay, I'm here for a reason. I'm going to focus on X, Y, and Z. So like for me, if I'm a eight and they put me at center, mm. I'm going to focus on staying wide and having good crash lines, getting my hands up early, and maybe looking for a drag line with my outside center. You know, like mm. I'm things I'm gonna focus on to really execute. And that's all I'm gonna rate myself on. Mm. No matter what that's after the game, I'm gonna look at film and be like, but did I execute my three things? Cause you can control a certain amount of your performance in a different position and measure yourself on that. Don't measure yourself on an opinion of another person. Like we always put coaches on this pedestal. Oh yeah, and yeah. The person with opinions, and they're they're good opinions or bad opinions, but they weigh so much more. And I don't understand how we get them into that position or how we get them out of it. Like if we would realize they made just as many mistakes as we do, like I think we could break that barrier and we could really see ourselves as this person that could dictate a better result mm. instead of that the coach for making a bad decision or whatever it may be like just focusing on those controllables in that situation are is really helpful mm. i love that i love i love how how you just verbalize you know you just you just go and you do it you know you just execute on where the coach tells you you know you don't you don't think so much of like, oh, he did me dirty. Like he moved me here or there. It's like, oh, this is where I am now. Like I'm going to do this at the best level that I can do. Right. Totally. You made the decision. And I love yeah. that. Not intentional. Like mm -hmm. I think we take a lot of stuff personally mm -hmm. where it's coaches thinking about so many moving pieces. Like if they do something to an individual, it's, it's rarely personal. Right. It's just... Let me see if I move this piece here, let me see if the whole puzzle falls together mm -hmm. or do this, will it trickle effect into someone else doing better here? Like it's 
a cause and effect. It's not normally just a, a dig at you. So <laughs> one thing we, we overlook is just, you know, it's not about us all the time. And mm. our own main characters, just like the coach is their own main character. So we are focused on ourselves. They're focused on other things. So it's, <clears throat> it's really hard to separate when you're in the moment. Yeah. In your own main character, you set yourself up for success and pull yourself aside and write down what frustrates you and then mm -hmm. write down how you're going to get rid of those frustrations. You know, it's, it's very manageable once you start breaking it down instead of having a flood of emotion. Man, that, that's, that's a session in and of itself when I'm working with athletes is the importance of that self-awareness, you know, identifying oh. it. So to hear you say that is, um, you know, super confirming. So I hope everybody I work with is listening to this and they're like, oh, this Olympian agrees with my mental performance coach. He must know what he's talking about. It's like, yeah. So thank you for saying that. That was unscripted. It's just what really good athletes do. Is there any last um, advice with managing mental health, managing your mental skills you want to share with people? You don't have to fit the norms. Um, mm -hmm. I think a big part of not accepting help or mental skills is trying to be someone else. Like oh, it's so when athletes start to figure out their own superpowers when it comes to their mental health. Um, and that's not gonna come from watching another athlete succeed or getting advice from a coach. It's gonna come from mental health training and unlocking these certain pieces of your brain that you didn't know weren't firing. You know, and get those things to fire, then you get your own personality and your own drive. It's different than anyone else in the world. And you can put that into your own magical performance. So I just, I would say, look outside the norms. Don't try to be anybody else. Um, and it will really unlock for you. Man, thank you. Thank you so much for being on the show. Uh, I appreciate it. If if anybody out there wants to learn more about just mental performance skills, you can check out our agency at bullishdrive.com. And, um, you know, we'll definitely be continuing to follow KJ's career, killing it on the rugby pitch, you know, here in Minneapolis and, and everywhere else you go. So thank you so much, KJ. I appreciate you. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining us this week on the Bullish Drive Podcast. And if you want to learn more about mental performance coaching or hear more episodes that we've done on the podcast, check us out at www.bullishdrive.com. We will see you next week. And always remember, it starts with you and your destiny is waiting. Peace.